Hello everybody, this is Mick Jagger here. As this podcast is all about stones of one variety or another, El Presidente, I'll repeat that, El Presidente gave me lots of money so I could come in here to add some much-needed hedonism and snatchedon wine to the proceedings. Anyway, that's enough from me. Keith, get your bottle of Jack Daniels. We're off to Mustique to record an album. See ya! Welcome, welcome, dear listeners, to one and all to this, the latest in a long line of Staggering Stories podcasts. I'm Crumbly. I'm Adam. I'm your token lady tonight. <laughs> and I am just Keith. Token Keith. Yes. Yes, we're down. We're down yeah. too. We are well, Scottless and Karenless. Uh, yeah. Well, Karen is out at the moment to Hindu with Wonder Woman, Jessica Wonder Jones Woman. and um, Sue Storm, to <laughs> soon to be Sue Richards. Where was my... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They got bored and invited Scott along as well. Ah, okay. <laughs> Don't tell me, he's the strip show. Yeah. <laughs> the strip which, which those are, I, I really worry for yeah. Scott's sanity. <laughs> Why has the tune Buy Your Leave come to mind? <laughs> <laughs> Buy Your Leave. <laughs> okay. So, as this is a stripped down crew. Oh. oh. I couldn't help it. You could, you really could. <laughs> Shall we move to the news? Swiftly. Anyway, with as much taste as Ladies' Day Aintree, it's the news with El Presidente. Wurzel Gummidge. Oh, yeah. To scare crows once more. Dun, dun, dun. Hello, I'm Sally. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember the time when John Pertwee would smear himself with mud, oh. put on a silly voice and invite children to tug off his head? <laughs> Those dark days of children's entertainment may be returning, this time with the dead Pertwee, <laughs> replaced by Mackenzie Crook, as the scarecrow was... Yeah, the scarecrow... <laughs> as the Scarecrow Wurzel Gummidge. Cook is said to be the mastermind behind this comeback, not only developing it for a TV revival, but also with plans to play the Gummidge perhaps in a field near you. (laughs) At this early stage, it is unknown where or when this may appear, though it will be based on the original novels by Barbara... For crying out loud. <laughs> that's, that's a strange name. <laughs> Barbara for crying no, out loud. You <laughs> fan. Right. Bye, Barbara. You fan. Will Wurzel still have an unnatural attraction to his Aunt Sally? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Will Sylvester McCoy be called upon to provide some ferrets to live down the cook's trousers? These and a host of other concerning questions <laughs> may be answered in a future podcast. Ooh. So who will play who will play the uh, the crowman? I don't know. Yeah. He died a year or two. Last year, was mm. it? Because it was, it was, oh, uh, Cat yeah. Weasel. Um, yeah, Jeffrey oh. Belden. Jeffrey Belden, that was it. Mm. Jeffrey Belden. Yeah, yeah, and what about Aunt Sally? I mean, will Una Stubbs play or will somebody I else be called in? I think they'll have to have a whole new cast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, certainly. Brand new cast. They'll probably do the heads with CGI now, which isn't as fun as the heads that he used to <laughs> what, put on, what because they were more in keeping with the Scarecrow head. Yeah, what nah. you mean basically cutting a hole through the table and pushing John Purby's head through the top. Yeah. <laughs> Might be so slightly, he could talk to himself. Yeah. Might be slightly rotten. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Back for a threequel. Ooh. I'm thrilled. Hot on the heels of Jessica Jones's second season of The Streams, Netflix have demanded a third outing for the super sleuth. Netflix are seemingly contractual, uh, contractually contractually immune <laughs> thank you from the upcoming Disney take back of Marvel properties perhaps so long as Netflix continue to make new seasons of their existing stories add in rave reviews for the recent second season of Jessica Jones and it's easy to see why Kristen Ritter's Jones will be back for more no date has been announced at this time but don't expect it until 2019 in the meantime you can catch Luke Cage season 2 in June 2018 Iron Fist 
Season 2, sometime later in 2018. Daredevil, Season 3, probably in late 2018. And The Punisher, Season 2, likely in early 2019. Mm. That's a lot of superhero action for Netflix. And then, sort of, recently I clocked, uh, we had an advert on Sci-Fi Channel for Runaways. Which is another Marvel. Oh, yeah, they're doing so many of them. Yeah, it's all on different different yeah, networks. Yeah, <laughs> If they're getting the money in for it, and they're not, yeah. Disney aren't intending to make the film or what have you themselves, and there's a lot to that well, universe, they might as well franchise again, it out. It depends, it depends how much money they're making, because uh, they're, yeah, they're know. pulling back all the Star Wars stuff, I think, to only be shown on Disney. Yeah, and, and the, obviously their own The Marvel properties. films are yeah. going to come off of Netflix. Yeah. I don't know. I bet they wish they'd kept some of this stuff for their own streaming yeah. service. But yeah, so it's, 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 it's probably some spark has suddenly had mm. this idea, but the contracts have already been... They yeah. didn't, didn't learn from Spider-Man and X-Men. And- well, yes and no, because now it's technically a different company. It's no longer Marvel. It is Disney. Mm. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And so, they yeah. have effectively bought back, certainly uh, X-Men. Yeah. Spider-Man, Spider-Man they've Sp- done a deal. Uh, d- yeah, they've Sony. done a deal. Hmm. Oh, well, we'll see. Yes. BBC Worldwide. Consume. The commercial exploitation arm of the BBC, BBC World, is no more. Moment of silence. (laughs) Kind of. Oh. Instead, the BBC's recently created commercial TV, radio and film production subsidiary... I should have taken a breath before I said mm. that. You should have. You yeah. are turning rather blue in the face. Yep. BBC Studios has hungrily swallowed all of BBC Worldwide. Right. An explanation, Worldwide and its former incarnation... You sure this isn't Doctor Who? Yeah. <laughs> well. Sorry, its former incarnation, BBC Enterprises, dealt with the dirty business of monetizing BBC programs and properties such as Doctor Who. And making lots and lots of merchandise for America that wasn't mm. available in the UK. <laughs> yep. They sold foreign screening rights, merchandising rights and so forth. They also owned a 50.1% majority Blimey. stakes mm. in BBC, well, uh, BBC America, AMC owning the other part along with numerous similar foreign channels. All profits were fed back into the corporation proper, accounting for about a quarter of the BBC's income. That's quite a bit. Mm. BBC Studios exists to create programmes for both the BBC and anyone else who cares to pay them to do so. For a long time, the BBC has been required to use outside production companies for at least some of its original content, and now they can offer the same service out to other broadcasters. These days, Doctor Who is made by BBC Studio and will now be commercially exploited by that very same company. Ultimately, BBC Studios answers to the corporation and the BBC board, but quite what this merging means for Doctor Who in the future is currently unknown. Mm. Mm. One thing is clear. If you salivate for some BBC, then BBC Studios may have something for you. Sounds mm. like a tagline. Have you ripped that off? <laughs> so I kind of like heard that or read it as I'm looking at the same word in here that they're gonna that they can now make programs for other companies for, for ITV and yeah. Channel ITV, 4. Yeah. rather than they're gonna farm their programs out to other companies. Well, I, as in, I can't see them selling the Doctor Who to America. No, but they will make Doctor Who and sell the Doctor episodes they make to America. Yeah. Not the rights which, for the program, which they have done. I don't know because there is things like uh, Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, they sell the format. Yeah, to other, about yeah. fifty other countries. Yeah. Uh, so in theory, they could sell the format of Doctor Who to so, other countries yeah. to make. Mm. I don't I, think they would. No, no. I'm going to say with a program like that, I don't think they would because there's a lot of their own sales in keeping hold of it and yeah, controlling, for, it, and controlling it and you, merchandise and have you. Yeah. yeah, and then it becomes a little bit muddied into its. It's universe. Yeah. But I can understand them selling on the idea of not necessarily selling EastEnders as it is, but that concept and... Yeah. For, you know. Also, I'm wondering how well this does for the BBC, considering they've been stung recently, like from things like uh, Great British Bake Off. Mm. Yeah, well, that's mm, one they that's bought true, in yeah. the format. They didn't yeah. own the format. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Whereas they I'm, do with Strictly Come yeah, Dancing and I, they... Do with Doctor Who. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Sort of, and Top Gear. I'm just I'm wondering what lessons have been learnt from yeah. that. Yeah. 
I think the BBC have wised up and realised that it's a big market out there now. Yeah. And whilst they they stopped having in-house producers and are very much it's all the freelance buying in, mm-hmm. they kind of had this idea of loyalty to the BBC and yeah. it's a commercial well, they, market. And they're they, also fighting against Netflix and yeah, well, a whole load answer. of other things yeah. as well. Yeah, but there again, the idea of taking a programme and selling its format is nothing new. I mean, that's no. like, ah. when I've been out in Egypt, I've seen Egyptian versions of Who Wants to be a millionaire yeah. and such things. Yeah. The point being now that the production side is now the same company as the side used to sell the rights to DVDs and So it could mean broadcast. more partnership working. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what this means for the, for example, the film. Mm. The much-muted Doctor Who film. Yeah. Mm. Maybe it'd be more pressure now. Now the people who could make the film are the same people who want to sell it. Yeah. I suspect nothing would change in the short term, but... Mm, I wouldn't have thought so. Knowing the BBC and knowing how long it takes for things to change and things to be put in process... Yeah. We won't see anything for at least two, three years, I don't think. Yeah. They've already said that they've got a five-year plan for Doctor Who. Yeah. Which presumably won't be changing. But in another five years... Yeah. Mm, Maybe... Things will change a bit. I, sus- I, I suspect this is also a commercial decision rather than, you know, not necessarily to say we're going to have an inf- impact here, there, on anywhere, but a long-term commercial decision so that the BBC doesn't become isolated in a world of, yeah. what, you know, is a telecommunication Stream, connectivity, yeah. as they like to call it. Yeah, Netflix, very big here. Obviously, yeah. American Corporation, which has come from nowhere in this country anyway. Yeah. And it's taken up a huge amount of income. Mm. So, yeah, we shall see. Are there any addendums? Oh, you're surprising me, Keithy Dunny. I, I have a couple yeah. of addendums. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a, Please my... tell me the words RPG don't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> my first addendum. Oh. Star Trek Discovery. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spocko will be turning up in the second episode of Star Trek Discovery. Oh. But... Oh. It will not be the Spocko who was seen or was on the Enterprise that was seen at the end of this season. He wasn't seen. It was. Oh, the, the Enterprise was seen, but Spock wasn't yeah, seen. Yeah, the it wouldn't. He would not be on the Enterprise that was seen at the end of this episode. Okay, where will he? It be? will be a Spocko seen in flashback. So it will be Spocko and uh, Burnham together, their childhood. Oh, okay. Mm. All right, well, that's a bit of a cheat, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you'll have various various flashbacks. Right, okay. A prepubescent Spock. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it's probably not going to be played by uh, Zachary Quinto. No. Probably not mm. the CGI required for that, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and your other your addendum. Other addendum. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Yeah, my my other addendum. It's a real shame Scott isn't here, because I know he is a fan. Right. A couple of years ago, and I think last year, they produced the uh, DC game, video game, Injustice, mm. which was uh, a beat-em-up game with all the uh, DC heroes smacking it out with a Superman who has gone evil. Ooh. Okay. So why would they fight each other apart from Superman? Mm. I, 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 I don't know. Is any any I, hero I can played, fight any hero? I haven't played the game, no, so I don't know. I've got a copy I've not played either. But it spawned a comic strip series, sort of <laughs> the, the various L-Worlds that uh, all alternate universes that DC do. Mm-hmm. And in this said comic strip, Batman has gone on a recruiting campaign to get other comrades to help him defeat the evil Superman. Okay. One of these people hmm. is He-Man. <laughs> so we have a, a Batman DC mm, He-Man, He-Man yes. crossover. Okay. <laughs> so I assume he's not dancing with Skeletor to the tune no, of... No, not, not, not this the time, time not, not doing the gyrations <laughs> and right. the hip thrusts. Yes. No, not this time. He Man is part of the DC universe now. DC have done quite a few branches out and crosses over with various other companies, so I'm not sure if he's part of the. Because I I know He Man originally sort of uh, published or printed by. I don't. It was Mattel. It was because he was a toy first before he filmation. Yeah, yeah, filmation Mm, Mattel. I don't know who did the comic times. Eventually Mm, turned up. But I'm saying the Batman's turned up in Judge Dredd. He's turned up with the Teenage Mutant Turtles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. so they they sort independence. they sort of spread him around a bit so mm-hmm. so I don't know I've heard that about Batman <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of Batman goes a long way he puts it about a bit yes <laughs> he's got a bike you know <laughs> my 
third and last addendum. Going back to Discovery. Yes. Right. The the Enterprise that turned up at the end of last season is not exactly the same Enterprise from the TV series. Mm. How do you mean? Let me, let me get my... Is it the model? No, I've I've got to... Hang on. I've got to get my tablet out because I've got to get the wording correct. Had time been changed? It was very unclear. Mm. Uh, I don't think time had been changed, but um, it's legal reasons. Oh, it's not okay. the uh, the Enterprise so, from the TV series. What about from the movies? No, it's definitely definitely not the movies. Again, that's another a legal precedent. Yeah, not allowed uh, to use the Abrams. Mm, yeah, yeah. The, because I, I think it boils down to because these corporations have merged and changed and whatever, they are not exactly allowed to use the Enterprise as it appeared in the original TV series. Wow. <laughs> mm. so they can't use the Kelvin timeline version. They can't use the original. They come yeah. up with a third version. Right? So I, I'm, I don't know who I'm quoting from here, but I'm quoting, uh, the task started with the guideline that the Enterprise for Discovery had to be 25% different otherwise from any other Ooh. production model. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know how you quantify that. Mm. Yeah. How can you make a model Starship that is 25% different from yeah. a... I'm not sure... Mm. So <laughs> I am not sure where Discovery is in relation to the original pilot, the cage. Yeah. They can fudge it by the fact that uh, various bits have been updated and, and modules yeah. have been swapped mm. in and out. Wasn't yeah. it originally about 10 years before? I don't know. I, I really don't know. No, I really don't know. I seem, I seem no. to remember him saying it's about 10 years before the original mm. Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Whether yeah. that's still true or whether it's ever true, I'm not sure. Uh, after Enterprise, properties of the Star Trek ownership changed hands and was divided. So what was able to cross to the TV show at this point changed and a lot of crossovers are no longer allowed. Oh, blimey. <laughs> He thought it was bad Doctor in the TV movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And do we know who's going to play Pike? Have we mentioned that? No, no. I think we have. Don't uh, mention his name! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Tell him Pike. <laughs> Yeah. The in- Inhuman Star. Oh, yeah. Anson, I think that's my Anson. Anson Mount. Okay. Yeah. Will be playing Pike. He I was think the uh, Black. The Mute King, wasn't he? Yes, the... I think so, yeah. Black Bolt. Okay. I that's no that's the name it's got here. The Black Bolt in Marvel's Inhumans. So it looks like Inhumans definitely won't be picked up for another season. I think mm. nobody would care. <laughs> I only saw the, the first two episodes. You saw it, the cin- mm. saw it at the cinema. I yeah. did, and I was not impressed, I'm afraid. Yeah. Maybe got better. Anyway, that's that's me out. Addendum doubt. Thus endeth the news. Dear listeners, some of us have either been listening to a BBC dramatisation or some of us have been watching a BBC uh, visual play. They're both the same thing anyway. It's the stone tapes. We've been stoned. Big time. Hands up, everyone who watched it in the dark. <laughs> I did. Late at night. No, I did. <laughs> is it freaky? Yes, it is. No. <laughs> and that's just the audio play, that is. <laughs> Maybe I should listen to the audio version. But yeah, I, I watched it at lunch. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the stone tape. The stone, mm. ta- stone tape, singular. Stone I've tape. always heard it called stone tapes, plural, yeah. but it mm. isn't. Yeah. It's, it's the stone, stone tape, tape mm. singular. A brief, a brief synopsis. Mm. A research team set up shop in a dilapidated old house... Yep. With the intention of experimenting with sound in order to drill. Oh, is oh. that different to the TV the, version? The, yeah, yes. the, t- the TV version. Uh, they they again set up in a dilapidated old house to yep. research into Touring new house. technology to record. Yeah, ah. they're looking for the next version of a CD. Tape. Or, yeah, yeah, audio or tape is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that CDs haven't been ah. invented by this point. But effectively, what they're looking mm. for is the CD, the MP3, yeah. mm. that kind of stuff to try yeah. and beat. <coughs> Excuse the racist term here. Yeah. The Yippons. <laughs> Yippon yeah. Industries, as they yeah. call it. It was, uh, it was quite a obvious <laughs> time in the regard. BBC <laughs> radio dramatisation, um, obviously it sort of followed the same plot line. Yeah. But they're using sort of sound of different frequencies in order to sort of, yeah, it's, it's like drilling for oil, sort of like fracking yeah. and things they like that. They do that okay. in part of this one when mm. they're trying to figure out what's happening. Yeah. yeah. This was written by, for those who don't know, this was written by Nigel Neal, who gave us quite a mass. Mm-hmm. And another very good program, The Year of the 
sex Olympics, which mm-hmm. unfortunately gave us Big Brother. But that's a whole yeah, other story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is both of its time and quite modern. Yeah. Mm. Oh, very much. It's, so, yeah. it's of its time in there's one female in it who mm. is our our key receptor, the programmer. Programmer. Mm. Who, now was was she a widow or was she? Um... I'm not sure if she's married or not in the program. She's she was late mm-hmm. in the having an affair. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One of the other. Yeah. The governor. The head. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. wasn't limited, he wasn't limited to her. No. no. Yeah. But in the TV version, she Jill. has a car accident. Jill has a car accident. There's another point at which they fight. She fights. And it doesn't have to take them a long time to notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit male-centric. Yeah. 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 And it has some attitudes and that, that of, mm. of its time. But if you yeah. can look past that, it's actually quite modern. Yeah. It's, to, to my mind... 1979 it, is all. 72. 72 for the Christmas TV Day 72. The, oh, the TV programme. The original yeah. went out, yeah. yeah. Um, the dramatisation was set in 1979. Oh, okay. the, um, the TV series, besides the various glaring points that you just brought up, hmm. it does stand up quite well. Oh, it it is so, yeah. still a, a very good story I've, and it still drags you in. I found yeah. it very atmospheric and very eerie. Yeah. I really did, yeah. He based it on, believe it or not, a real development network. Mm. He actually based it on the BBC's sound development team that yeah. were based in a Victorian house. Yeah, mm. it's up the um, road in Kingswood. Yeah. So the principal idea is they've gone into this old Victorian house that this billionaire or what have you has paid to redevelop, but there's one room where they're going to store mm. the computer databases because they're mahoosive. Yeah, the big world. Um, in... But in, no one will go in there. In the though, sort of sound emitters. Yeah. The guy that's been in charge of it is fairly hesitant about why no one go in there, but eventually mm. it turns out they got ghosts. It'd be haunted. Mm. Haunted by a maid, a Victorian Screaming maid. Victorian one. maid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sort of, well, we didn't actually sort of find this out in the uh, in the radio play. The house is literally sort of playing back this maid's last moments. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over the course of it, they realise that you've got Jill who can not only see this apparition Mm. but hear it but the guy that's her assistant sees nothing yeah hears Mm. nothing he's he's virtually psychically blind yeah Mm. and they eventually figure out that it's not so much that there's the ghost there that it's the reception of the image yes and then all the fun and games starts (laughs) (laughs) you know in the audio play sort of uh, get things like sort of um someone will go back to their room and the radio was on okay and things like that so that's why you think there's a ghost there as opposed to sort of the house plan back sort of previous events yeah Mm. the tv version is very clear very early on it is just a recording it's being played back it Mm. is just footsteps uh, screams and occasionally you'd see a figure yeah and uh, just dual character is quite concerned at the beginning that maybe shh this something. figure was actually conscious and stuck in this yeah, loop something is mm. still there yeah, mm. yeah yeah but there was nothing about the hauntings which suggested it was interacting with modern day mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. turning on and off lights and radios and stuff like that which is a more traditional haunting i suppose yeah poltergeist yeah but there was an earlier but i think it might have been a radio play that nigel neil did called you must listen which is about a haunted telephone line. So I'm wondering if the audio version of the stone tape has taken some of that yeah, aspect yeah, of it into it. But they decide that this might be the breakthrough they're looking at. What's in the stone to hold these images and that kind of stuff? Mm. So yeah, they have a pleasant evening of mm, driving yeah. everyone insane. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I did notice was um, when they are taking the resonant frequency of the cellar. Yeah. Now I noticed, going to the end... Where, um, what's the woman's name? Jill. Jill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where she dies. And sort of her her final moments have been recorded by the house or been recorded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her grieving boyfriend, or the man she was having an affair with, decides to play her final moments back to the house to be, yeah, for it to be recorded. Oh. As the play finishes, you hear the records of her screams gradually being modulated into the resonant frequency of the cellar. So had the house recorded something that, that was yet to happen? Mm. That's interesting, because in, mm, yeah. on, on the TV one, they keep playing noises mm, and frequencies yeah. and they, that in the room to try and get it to room. play the mm. image back. That's it, yeah. yeah. But what they do is they wipe 
the image of the maid. Mm. They think everything's fine, they start doing the works on it and all the rest of it. Jill goes back into the room and she's convinced that there's mm. multiple layers going back centuries. And she goes back into the room and she, because they've wiped the top layer but they've vibrated the other mm. the layers, she starts hearing almost like eroded video images and eroded yeah. noise. Mm. And there's lights and they do come out of the room at one point, the lights, yeah. and they drive they start, her back they in. They started yeah. out in the corridor when she was walking out. And they drive her back into the room and she starts running up the stairs. Yeah, but the, you've got the, the staircase feeling, that leads to nowhere. But mm. that's it. The, in her mind, the staircase starts to lead higher and higher yeah. because mm. she's now being basically driven mad. Yeah. So the fall she has from these that's stairs, it, which yeah. are only like 14 foot high, mm. mentally is hundreds of feet. Mm-hmm. So at the end of it, she dies. Mm. And the room <laughs> has recorded. And when yeah, her the, final the, the yeah. lover comes in, mm. it starts to play that back and he that's starts it. to mm. go mm. do Lally. Yeah. Maybe that's where there's a slight divergence between the TV programme and the uh, audio dramatisation. Sounds like it, yeah. Mm. Mm, interesting. Mind you... <laughs> I must say, a word of warning, I was listening to the audio play when I was driving down to fake crumblies. <laughs> right. I think I know what's coming here. <laughs> <laughs> and the last last couple of minutes is where sort of um, her final moments are being sort of recorded back into, the, you know, back into the resonant frequency of the room. And it all gets very tranquil, very soothing. <laughs> and then... And then... <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I just went oh, oh. <laughs> not something you do at 70 miles an hour bang at 27 <laughs> yes there's a lot of screaming goes yeah. on well it was just a sharp intake of breath where mm. she's about to scream yeah, yeah. And that's to say, I jumped out of my bloody skin. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> well, some of the script on the on the on the um, visual version of mm. it as well. The screams. Mm. Whoever they got to play the maid. Oh gosh, she she's she, got a good set of lungs on. She give yeah. what as a run for mm. her money, yeah. but it was also a frightening yeah. scream. Mm. Oh yeah. It, it yeah. really mm. empowered terror and fear in mm. it. I thought, unfortunately, cold, cold-hearted El President appears to be unmoved. Unfortunately, yeah. I watched it in the middle of the lunch hour at mm. work oh really yeah and so I didn't get the full asthma effect but it's still a damn good story oh very yeah. much so yeah. said, it's, it grips you it count, mm. carries you along and besides the mm. 1972 morals and uh, oh, attitudes well, but yeah. besides that it is it is mm. a good story well, as I say it's just some of the sound effects they use I mean I assume it's the BBC Radiophonic Workshop who's, who provided them mm. yeah but so it makes you wonder whether you, they used infrasound in some mm. of them mm. yeah because I mean, it, it was very unsettling and it did sort of you know, sort of set your oh, teeth right. on edge. Yeah, maybe that was the whole idea because on the the TV version, there's a, a whole block where they're firing sound at the room, mm, lights yeah. at the room, and some of the cast, mm. the um, professors, are, one of them ends up screaming and holding his head where he's being driven mad Blimey. by yeah. the noise mm. that's being played Generally, in the room. Yeah. So I think that whole idea was being promoted in. It was the yeah. noise that was creating the madness mm. in some respects. Yeah. And so talking of the cast, there's, I'm surprised how many faces I actually recognise from back from 72. Oh, yeah. There's a few well-known, not famous, but certainly well-known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they were the jobbing actors back then, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think we had... Jane Asher, Doug- obviously. Jane Asher. Mm. Yeah. The guy who played Duggan from City of Death. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God, what's his name? I can't remember. The guy who played Garon from The First Key to Time. Oh, uh, Cuthbertson. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Ian Cuthbertson. Ian Cuthbertson, yes. Yes. Mm. And there's a lot of faces that you know from British TV. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Mm. Some of you will be sitting there going, I recognise you. Aren't you the son of? And you go, no, they're not the son of. They're actually that person. There are a lot of faces that were familiar to me from my childhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And uh, it's interesting because it clearly comes from the point of view of somebody who doesn't believe in the supernatural. Mm. Mm. They're coming from a rationalist point of view what it could be yeah written a story in that direction yeah. that way yeah yeah which i believe despite all this stuff with weirdness nigel neal didn't believe in any supernatural oh, yeah mm. well you look at all of his stuff it is a case of it's the human mind that's created the supernatural element mm. yeah. it's the human emotions 
even with the whole thing with the Quatermass and the pit and the hob, it's the fact that this thing was so created so much fear that the human mind has retained that fear. And the fear isn't supernatural. It's a survival instinct fear yeah, yeah. that's it's been retained, but we don't understand why. So that fear must be a super... So he's always been playing with that. And this is a wonderful example of that, playing with that line between what is belief and what is reality interpreted mm-hmm. as, as a belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As she says, if someone... I like the line, she says, if someone that can't pick up on the images goes into that room, does the ghost still scream? And they were trying to calculate mm. how many yeah. times would it have appeared and was it only when people were there? Yeah. Well, because not... yeah, there's an X amount of years where the house has been abandoned. Did it scream yeah. during those yeah. abandoned yeah. Well, years? Yeah, do you hear a tree when it falls? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I've read the book of it and I've read some interesting theses of it. One of the explanations someone said is if you imagine it's it's something like the quartz in the, the stone mm, yeah. and someone goes in the room and the quartz is Betamax but the person mm. goes on is a VHS yeah. player. Mm-hmm. They don't hear or see the images but the person that walks in behind them is a Betamax player. Mm. They hear and see the images. Yeah, that was, the whole point. <laughs> that was the whole point that came across on one of them because Jane could see it perfectly, hear it perfectly, but others only got a ghostly outline or could mm. only faintly hear yeah. Yeah. what the screams. I mean, it leads you to believe, was it an actual ghost or was it just an apparition, a replay of events that happened? Well, everything about the, sorry, the TV version, it was yeah. just a replay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did also wonder, when I got to the end of it the first time, if if maybe there was a time element involved, maybe the maid wasn't the maid, maybe it was actually Jill. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but when I rewatched it, it yeah, clearly no, it wasn't. No. Yeah, it was a, it was a it different just had actress. the same ending and yeah. they yeah. similar. Yes. And I think that the, the whole idea of it being the recording was at the end, she said, you know, it, the images or the sound went deep. It yeah. went back thousands of years. Yeah. And when you have the final scene, you can see that these distorted figures would have been people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's almost like how you record over a tape or over a video. Mm. After a while, the image degrades and degrades and degrades they become formless lumps but they're all on top of each other Mm. and the noise was all overlaid Mm, so you had this cacophony of sound Mm. and images that becomes the clanking chains and the wailing voices all different scenes but they're all overlaid on top of each other yeah and it just the resonance frequencies Mm. the images it just drove her mad I must admit watching it I did think the fact it was so clear early on it was just a recording took away some of the the fear aspect of it Mm. the thing that's frightening about a, a ghost or whatever is in fact you don't know what they might do to you yeah I think but it, if it's just playback of you know like VHS tape or something then they can't do anything to you and you're, you're safe it's just a, a light show I think <laughs> in this one though it's, it depended on where you were on the scale of receptiveness mm, yeah so for like the guy that didn't pick any of it up it had no effect but for Jill it was ab- yeah. obviously having more than just a visual it was having a complete immersive experience yeah. effect a- I mean she was she wasn't just feeling the cold at one point she passes out mm. one of the other guys who could partially hear it he became more and more terrified to be in there and went out of the room running out because mm-hmm. at the beginning they were talking almost like finding the 3D fully immersive audio visual experience and I think that's what was being portrayed here that for those that were getting it it wasn't just visual and sound you were almost picking up on the emotional outpouring yeah. at the same to, time to my mind yeah. the impression that I got it was certainly distorting people's perceptions. Mm. And if you perceive something is real... Maybe, yeah. Mm. So, it, again, it's, it's that Nigel Neal thing of there might be a logical reason, but that doesn't make it from being less scary. Perhaps, yeah, maybe. If it's hitting the right button, yeah. you can sit there and go, I, I know that 10 ton truck mm. has brakes, etc., but I'm not going to stand in the middle of the road just in case. <laughs> yeah. you, there's times when you can Quite have the logical, but you still <laughs> have that anticipation yeah. or concern. Yeah, but there again, in the audio play, I mean, every time they were making a recording to try and catch the maid scream, the cellar where they were in was getting progressively colder. Yeah. That was explained in the TV version too. Actually, they measured how much energy was being taken out of Mm. the atmosphere, however many kilowatts Mm -hmm. was required to do the projection. So the stones were pulling energy out of the atmosphere in order to... But but when they put the heat sensor out, the heat sensors didn't pick it up because it was psychological. They were perceiving it. Because they had that heat sensor her on the stair and afterwards after she ran up the stair and jumped off etc one of the guys picked it up and said does this thing work and breathed on it and it changed colour mm. but it hadn't mm. while the ghost had run up 
So again, this was where it's having a physical manifestation on them that wasn't a physical reality in the room kind of style. Because even the guy that couldn't pick it up wasn't feeling the cold. Okay, Mm. I took away something different. All right, interesting. But would, uh, I mean, Osgood, Petronella Mm. recommends (laughs) watching. What what would people recommend to... I mean, it's a good one for a darkened room late at night (laughs) on your own. I don't think it's as spooky as some of the M.R. James stuff. Signalman or things like that. No, it's those are legitimate ghost stories. This one was a scientific ghost yeah. story. So. Mm. But don't listen to it with, you know, in the dark with headphones on. <laughs> or in the car. <laughs> As I found out. But, but it is well worth a watch. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Watch or listen. listen, yes. I do also quickly think that Jill might have been somewhat inspired by uh, Delia Derbyshire. <laughs> yeah. Possibly, I yeah. I don't know. I know that Nigel Neal did do the rounds some of these places he might have gone into uh, yeah. Ready Funnic Workshop. Well, mm. I say... It, yeah. It was the the BBC's research and development department that he based them on, and she Man. did fraternise with that section. So yeah, she could have been <laughs> could have been something there. Nothing Maybe. wrong with a bit of fraternisation. <laughs> <laughs> Dear listeners. We've been watching more things with more stones in them. Still stoned. Mm. Still stoned. Stony. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah, yes. man. Was this a Tom Baker comedy half hour one? Not, Not quite. quite. No. We, we are teetering towards it. Teetering on the edge. Mm. This this was the second mm. only arc series of Doctor Who. The Classic. first being The Chase. Mm. And then this was an arc season. Mm. Yeah, mm. sorry guys, it wasn't invented by the um, current incumbents. <laughs> there, were, there were entire season arcs before. Mm. And this was one of the first ones, part of the Key of Time series. Did, did we have any mm. pause there? music (laughs) no we didn't we didn't this is the stones of blood pause for music yeah tom baker and mary tam's romano Mm, one yes our romano one I think mm. this is the third story in because they already had two crystals. It's well, the yeah. third. Yeah. Yes. It was season 16, yeah, The crystals, Key yes. to Time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Should say is a, an arc of a sort. I think it's called an umbrella series. Yeah. An umbrella arc. Yeah, it's just an excuse to have them find a MacGuffin every episode, yeah. every story. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's the only thing that sort of burks into an arc is the beginning and the end, really. Yeah. Yeah, the fact they're chasing this key of time around the universe. This is the one where Romana finds out that she hasn't been sensed by the president of Gallifrey. No, by the White Guardian. The White Guardian. Mm -hmm. And this has another... I can say this now because I am one. Has another batty old lady in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good grief. Amelia Rumford. I love her. The first Amelia. (laughs) She does seem to be a prototype for uh, Evelyn Smythe. Mm. A bit, yeah. Wonderful Mm. character. A little less sure of her uh, her dialogue, maybe. Yeah. 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 But more importantly, the boat's been really pulled out for this one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Is that even a saying? Not really. the coast yeah. the 15th anniversary of Doctor Who it was and mm-hmm. the 100th ever story yes. it was and uh, you can tell they've put all the money into this one and uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was going After to be a fashion <laughs> there was going to be a cake scene at the beginning yeah. a birthday cake but I think it was the fact that it wasn't written by the scriptwriter or the script editor it was sort of cobbled together by the director and the producer and therefore it's against union rules and got thrown out it got vetoed <laughs> yeah it got vetoed Vetoed. I think it was the original writer who put it in because they realised they were going, going short. Yeah. But yeah, the, the producer and or script editor said, no, we're not doing that, that's silly. And they wrote a different scene. Uh, they wrote a, a, a boring scene. A boring scene about them trying to fit the two-pass key yeah. to time they already had yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, a bit of a shame. They made a bit of a thing on TV about it being the 15th, 15th Blue anniversary. Peter's, yeah. Blue Peter and is it Nationwide? Nationwide, yeah. yeah. But this is the story of gamers. Uh, yeah. We had a Wirren. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Again, yes. they... they about it. Yes. But the, it, again, <laughs> though, it was on a, uh, the set. There was a section on a prison ship. There were plans to bring out old props and old creatures and old monsters. Yeah. But they would have had to have paid the writers of those stories oh, yeah. a fee to have those creatures appear in the story. Mm. So, again, budget 
that got yeah. vetoed. Yeah. I'm surprised the woman actually made it in. They also paid for another one, didn't they? Which didn't make it to screen because the costume turned out to be in good enough condition. Yeah. Was it sea Devil or Silurian or something? Could have been something, sure. something that rotted. Yeah, definitely a weird one. You get the impression, distinct impression, when they wrote it, they had no idea it would be the 100th. Yeah, oh, no. yeah. The 15th oh, definitely. definitely There's yeah. nothing about it it's at the, all. It's the fact that somebody must have looked through the books and said, oh, God. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. better make yes. this one special. Yeah. yeah anything that was making it special got vetoed mm. even in the 200th doctor story they didn't do anything much special at least they made the name of the, 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 the number of the bus 200 yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, it wasn't much but yeah it was a nod in the right direction mm, yeah. yeah at least you acknowledged it on screen but anyway ignoring that little quibble <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad story but it's no. not it's story wise it is not great it's no <laughs> i think it's the last hurrah of the doctor who gothic yeah yes. Era. It is, yes yes yeah it was very gothic in some yeah. respects it, it did know, like have the, cer- um, the ceremony in the cellar yeah, yeah it, the only it possible exception being maybe uh state of decay state yeah. of decay yeah mm. but that maybe. that was that's another good five ten years down the line you, I think. Oh, you could see this being in no, the hinchcliffe area it, it, it would have yeah. sat in the same series of brain of morbius and and that kind of yeah. Ilk, most definitely. Yeah. She's interesting because obviously a different producer. Yeah. By this time, uh, Graham Williams? Yeah, Graham Williams. Graham Williams, yeah. Who yeah. wasn't quite as well known as Hinchcliffe for that sort of thing. The trouble is, uh, Graham Williams toned down the horror quite a lot. He did, yeah. Mm. I, think, the, the, I think that was a direct. Whitehouse. Yeah, that was a directive <laughs> from, from upon high. I don't think he had any choice in that matter. I suspect it wasn't his taste anyway. Yeah. Mm. Maybe it helped. <laughs> <laughs> I like this story because okay. I, do, I do like my gothic yeah. Mm. Yeah. and my quirky and all the rest of it. Anything that involves stone stuff who's wandering around and actually <laughs> it is actually quite a nice stone circle i have visited it yeah um, okay yeah. it's a, it was a real oh, stone it's, circle it's, it's, it is actually a real yeah, stone it is circle. a real stone yeah. circle yeah. Which one, it ring something god i can't remember the name of it but yeah i have visited the stone circle and i have counted them yeah. <laughs> okay. oh roll right roll, roll right, right that's it yeah did you come up with the same number each time yeah we did oh, well, yeah. three well, times but, that's meant to be I lucky i have to say that's yeah. before we went to the pub yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm not saying we came up the same number when we left so yeah it was a real stone circle they used and you got, sometimes you got yeah, you yeah got, sometimes, uh, when it's at night it's actually it's studio. recreated yeah, in yeah, the studio yeah, yeah. yeah and you got Morgan the Fay kind of character I liked and there's a lot of gothic in it but it did feel weird when you watch it in isolation yeah it's a nice gothic bit of yeah. fun when you watch it around the other stories in that season in the stone the key of time season it's very different it yeah. is very mm. different yeah. to the others around it yeah because um, a lot of the other ones like um, Space Pir- uh, Pirates of Space and um, Androids of Tara. Yeah. Which is the are, next one, yeah. They are written in, well, I wouldn't say in a light-hearted tone, but the, the tone is generally a lot less darker than it was. It's in, a, it's, um, yeah, it's not quite light-hearted, and they are all, to varying degrees, space operas. Mm. While this one is, yeah. as I said, is gothic horror, mm, or yeah. as close as it could be. 1978. Yeah. So it's just after Star Wars hit to the UK, mm. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 78. Oh, the, the Space Pirates. Pirate <laughs> Planet, I think. Oh, Pirate Planet, that's yeah. it, yeah. you got to laugh at it when you've got a robotic parrot going around pooing on everyone. <laughs> yeah. That's Doug Adams for you. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watching this, I have a few questions. Like, how many scarves did Tom Baker get through? Yes. Mm. There is a lot of location filming, and the scarf is trailing behind him, dragging on the ground, mm, yeah. getting tangled up. He did have two. He had one specially made for that scene where he's putting up Romana mm, yeah. from yeah. The, uh, the, yeah. cliff, the cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Literally. also, how, do, how the hell did she keep her hat on? If She's been oh. falling over the edge of the cliff. Mm. Well, I love the fact she Got fell hat. backwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. With her hands up. But then managed to move forwards forward. to grab the ledge. She's a time lord. She can, yeah, she can do that sort of... And what had that couple in that tent been doing just before the stones turned this, up? This is another thing. This put me... The guy, the guy was getting out of the tent... Doing up his yeah, jeans. Doing up his trousers. Yeah. Uh, they this were young, is... virile people alone in a tent. What do you it's think chilly they were in a tent. Doing? Yeah. Why? Why? I've only ever been camping once in my life, and it was a disaster. I, I never see the point of taking my away from hot hot and cold yeah. running water hot food and comfortable <laughs> because they and now their parents. and and now you've got bloodthirsty stones you can add to that. <laughs> camping is a it, no no we don't do camping no <laughs> yeah it's because it's the only way to escape from the pair
parents. Mm. <laughs> I did like various points. I, I'm not sure if there were ad libs or they were scripted. Uh, I is, think there was a lot of yeah, ad libbing. Is, is, is that dagger sterilised? Yes. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, as I say, sort of the cringeworthy scene was where Tom Baker put his wig on and um, the courtroom scene. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. It's very uh, strange. The first two episodes are very much around the slim circle. Yeah. And the weird people around there. Yeah. yeah. And then the final two are on the spaceship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. With these odd glowing balls of light, mm. very much a, a shift in tone. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah and it was the dead like Wirren, and when he opens that door, that thing falls out. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was almost like two different mm. clash stories. Yeah. 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 There were bits of it I still don't get. So you you've got the Lord and Master of the establishment. He comes, mm. and they get the Doctor turns up. They bump him over the head, and they're going to mm. sacrifice him. And it's like, why? I know you're giving him to Kalish, but she doesn't know he's a time. Mm. Lord, why yeah. this sudden? There's something sure. missing. I'm not yeah. sure she knows he's a time lord, but she certainly seems to know or get the impression that he's after the key to time. The because mm. yeah. she she knows what it is. She knows mm. its powers. Yeah. So she, she may not necessarily know it's the key to time, but she's tapping into its powers. So, so that, she mm. might have more perception than we've given credit yeah. for. So that's Maybe. why she's asked the coven to nobly. Yes, yeah. that was the impression I came away with because she certainly knew. He was after her necklace. Yeah. So I think she had access to uh, more information than us mere mortals. Mm. Yeah. And how did they know the doctor's about to turn up? They'd taken the pictures down early. Yeah. yeah. Before he arrived. Yeah. Not they that... see him walking up the drive. Oh, better get through these. Again, again, I'm, I'm not necessarily <laughs> sure they were taken down for him. They were taken down because she was living in the area at that time, time with yeah. Amelia. Mm. She was... Hadn't she been living there for but... centuries? Yeah, four thousand years. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But at the moment, she at that point in time, she was head of the company, business company. So she may not have been there. She may have been in the area, but not directly on the stones. Mm. Well, maybe I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, the whole thing's a bit weird. So she somehow went on to she escaped from her confinement on the ship. Yes, yes. killed the crew presumably. Yes, freed the stones. Yes, stone creatures and ogrons. The the ogre and ogre. That's it. Ogre, whatever, and took them to Earth. Yeah. Buy a convenient stone circle where they feel like they've got friends. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, feed them blood occasionally. And then 4,000 mm. years of living it up well, it, like that. Yeah, it, not much of a plan. <laughs> she, she has a extra long, especially long lifespan. We don't mm. know how mm. how long. Yeah. She had a lot of uh, skin-coloured makeup yeah. too. To cover oh, the, uh, certainly. <laughs> that was a rather low-cut dress she was wearing. Distract me it, when she was it, silver. It was a very mm. low-cut. Yeah. Actually, I'm not so sure as you call it a low-cut as more of a... <laughs> Transient support. <laughs> well, it wasn't exactly leaving a great deal to the imagination. No, it, it? yeah. <laughs> I think there was some makeup over some nipple tape, actually. Yeah, going yeah. On. yeah it's, it's, like, it's a very weird story. Yeah. It, it, I can get why it does come up quite often in fans' favourites. Yeah. Because it has got that mixture of comedy, running around, gothic, and who does gothic very well? And gothic seems to hit mm. hit with who well? Yeah, particularly Tom Baker. Mm, yeah. 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 But it, it does just kind of jar where it is in the season. And it, I almost feel like it is an old script from the Hinchcliffe era that they just, oh, we need something. And, and maybe because Hinchcliffe era was so popular, that's why they went back to that for the 100th anniversary one. Yeah, maybe. To, to kind mm. of give that nod. I don't know, yeah. So I felt that Tom Baker was a bit subdued in this one. Mm. People have speculated that maybe he felt upstaged in the weirdness factor by yeah. Rumford or whatever it her did, name is. It did mention that in the, in the um, extras. Did it? So okay, he, yeah. he was sort of quite in awe of the... Um, the actress who played Amelia. He, he did seem a bit grumpy when he, he was in scenes with her, but yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. As long as the ad-libs, it's something I remembered. There's one scene I liked when he comes into the hall and finds the body of the high priest and priestess. Yeah. Mm. He's there with K-9. Yeah. Uh-huh. Looks down at the body and covers K-9's view. Don't look! Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's one of the Tom Baker stories that is worth watching. And if you fast forward through the credits, which I often do. I play the first one and then I fast forward through the others. It's one of those ones that I think 
only an audience that's only used to the modern Who, not episodic. You could actually watch it. It's maybe some of the effects are pretty ropey, though. So, yeah, but it's not as bad as some of the effects. And the stories actually makes as much sense as some of the modern stories. Isn't isn't as far fetched as some of the Who stories are. I mean, I could imagine that story to an extent being a being slightly reworked, better specs, and being a Matt Smith story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talking of ropey special effects, is again one thing that sticks in my mind. I do remember them having a lot of trouble with K9 and the cameras. Mm. Oh, really? Interfering with Yeah, interfering, yeah. interfering yeah. with each other. Yeah. So there's one... Randy dog. Again, there's a scene where they're discussing something and you can see Tom strategically moving K9 around for the next scene. <laughs> yeah. And then he's getting pulled... You can just about see the string as they're oh, pulling out yeah. K9 out he of the... He drove them up the wall, didn't they, yeah, K9? But, oh, yeah. and so as he's saying the dialogue, he's just discreetly moving in the corner yeah. of K9 round <laughs> so he can shoot off. Yeah, and again, K9 written out for a bit. Yes. Yeah. Conveniently, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for the first gets, episode, virtually. He gets written yeah. out more and more as the seasons go mm. on. Yeah. But yeah, there are episodes of Doctor Who, uh, classic Who. I hate that word, classic, because it makes it sound <laughs> the new stuff isn't any good. There's a bits of that kind of era of Who where you sit again, you can't imagine transferring it to now. It just wouldn't work. But this is one of those stories where Tom Baker's Doctor doesn't bring more, any more or less than any other Doctor could have done to it. It's, it doesn't play with his personality and his no. character that no. much. And no. I say, with a little bit of rewriting, that could have been Matt. That could have been yeah. um, Tennant. Capaldi, actually Capaldi, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it could have been reworked as a modern story without a heck of a lot of difficulty. Yeah. On Tom Baker again, I think if you showed a new Who fan this story, yeah. they'd look at Tom Baker's performance and they'd think, this is a doctor everybody loves more than Eccleston, <laughs> uh, Tennant, Smith or Capaldi. Yeah. He, he, something about it in this story doesn't really live up to his, his yeah. normal self. I think somebody said also that they were feeling a bit fatigued at this point. And Could be. I don't know why that should be. I, I can see why Tom Baker would be. Yeah. Mary Tam, not so much, given mm. she's only just recently joined. Yeah. But, I mean, mm. he, how many seasons was this in? I think it's the third story. This no, no, is how many season, seasons? Season 16. 16, yeah. No, of Tom's seasons. And and they, I mean, oh, we don't. Through, it's yeah. hard to compromise now, but they were filming for sort of almost like forty-two weeks out of the oh, year. Boy. Almost it, it was quite a treadmill oh, of yeah. filming. So I can imagine that from his. But yeah, it's just it, it is a good story, and I, I well, it's a fun story, but it's definitely a much more muted Tom, but not mm. a serious yeah. Tom. It's more of a, a, a muted one. Mm. He's doing the arithmetic. I'm doing so. <laughs> season 12 was his first. 12, 13, 14, 15 and 16. So he's part way into his uh, into his fifth year. Mm. He's done four full um, years. Watching the special features on this one, this is the story where you get the infamous John Leeson crossword puzzle okay. story comes from. What's that? Allegedly, everyone there would do the crossword puzzle. Mm-hmm. As I okay. say, getting into the lift. Getting into the lift at the Action Hilton, okay, the yeah. rehearsal rooms. Yeah. Instead of saying good morning, good morning, good morning, people would go, uh, Do you have 17 down? <laughs> okay. 14. Right. So it was a sort of everything that everyone did. He was doing the same crossword. Yeah. And John Leeson would be on on location with them mm-hmm. to do the voice of K9, but it was he would have one of those radio mics and would be off in one of the vans. Okay, like Eddie Briggs is nowadays. Mm. Do yeah. Dialects, yeah. So. He'd have a mic on them so and the earphones so he could hear what the actors were saying to K9. So mm-hmm. he could respond. Oh God, yes, I know mm. this story. <laughs> yeah, and between scenes, Tom Baker would come, sit down, pull out his paper, and talk to K Nine, saying, "Right, what have you got for fifteen across?" <laughs> and Leeson would answer in the, in K Nine's voice. So okay. to anybody, any civilians watching, it would be the Doctor mm. doing the crossword with K Nine. We should give a shout out for this being of a female centric. Oh God, mm. yeah, story. Yes. Yeah, she plays. She does play an archetypal villain laughing a lot. You know, Vivian Fay. Yeah, Vivian Fay. The she seems to be the archetypal manic in command with mm. a very strange sense of humour. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely that. Yeah. <laughs> And, of course, the wonderful performance by... She died, I think, only a year or two later. Yeah. The woman who played uh, the professor. John Leeson was saying she had a a marvellous face for photographing. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just a mass of cracks yeah, and yeah. lines and yeah so there we go uh, yeah and great great ship it seemed to have microphones for engines and <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, was it like a double ice cream gun I wasn't yeah, sure. it was Matt Irving said that um, again in the special features is the sets were built so he had to build the spaceship around what the sets look like yeah the yeah. corridors and yeah <laughs> very square as well flat and square yeah. also they had to build things that could match with the outside filming bit yeah so you are kind of stuck with what those stone circles already look like yeah how you can match the things in together and their appearance and make it all work together the look of the ogre was an unusual choice they looked like, okay it, when they weren't moving mm. yeah mm. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know so then they moved at a fairly rapid amount of knots and well, managed to yeah, and, and I think managed to smash quite effect because yeah, all the, doors, the sets yeah. had to be destructible because oh, yeah, yeah. they come smashing through the windows well, so yeah, smashing through yeah. the door yeah, yeah but it just, but what I didn't, they, wasn't convinced by their movement they looked like what they were they were on wheels what, <laughs> yeah, I think it, they come across better than what they wanted or what someone wanted was the man in the rubber suit yeah mm. which would not have worked maybe maybe not I think it might have been better if their legs had sprouted or something the bottom had moved into legs I don't know who knows, who knows? Anyway. I do remember a year or two back they did an extended version of this on audio didn't they I've maybe a book may have as done. well may have done I think they did an audio version which is about 10 hours long or something like that yeah. good grief <laughs> yeah. how could you pull this one out to 10 hours <laughs> maybe not 10 but certainly well, I think, no, I think six it, hours I long I think it was the unabridged target version so that would have been Hmm. sort of four think, at least no, four a re- six a or new four hours. I guess I like this story and it is in mm. my top 50 but one of the reasons I like this story is it isn't exactly a brain teaser <laughs> no it's quite gentle and yeah it doesn't take work and it's not 10 hours worth of a story no. there's nothing in it that's complicated enough to pull out for that long <laughs> yeah yeah it's a brand new novelization written okay. for audio by david mm. fisher the original writer okay i i sit corrected so there are two versions i'll have to see if i can track that version down so you've got a turn six version and then you've got the original writer who did the audio extended audio book Before we move to the letters, hmm. we read a announcement earlier on in the news, hmm. and and we forgot to say to, hello to the person who the announcement related to. Well, Jessica Jones. Well, it's a head. It, yeah, it's hmm. a head. Well, we don't have Mackenzie Crook's head here. <laughs> that, that can, can be, be arranged. arranged. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, head of Pertwee. Hello, head of Gummidge. <laughs> hello, dangerous Churchill, Nazi hello, Spock, mm. Wataka, and let us not forget Terence Green. Green Terence. People have been writing to us. They have. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank we you. have feedback. Keep thank coming. You. We have thank two you. feedbacks. Thank you. Oh, thank you. If someone so nice of you. Thank you. If, uh, thank you. You should be. Okay. I'm, I'm thanking them. I know you are. Okay. But we need to tell them where they can write to us oh, again. Yes, yes, yes. They can do so and send it to us at show at staggering stories dot net. <laughs> anyway, to the letters. Mm. Letters away to the letters. Okay, we have a letter here from Pinky. Hello, Hello Pinky. Pinky. Hello, Staggers. Hello, Terence and Amy and Moomins. And, well, you get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling a lot better, thank you. Oh, good. Yay. Mm, good. Good. Still not properly well, but much improved. Good. Oh, I think I've somehow gotten out of sync with my feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah. to be honest, everything is out of sync, having been ill for so long. Yeah. Oh. Too much information. I barely had anything to say, as I've not been in the cinema for ages. Doctor mm. Who isn't on. Yep. And even if it was, I'd be too delirious half oh. the time. <laughs> and probably wouldn't be able to give you a fair or accurate feedback on stuff. Even some Could of the still stuff. Be interesting. Yeah, it yeah. would be an interesting feedback. <laughs> I was going to say, given some of the stuff in the cinema I haven't been for a while being delirious is probably the best way to approach it <laughs> so I'm buggering off okay <laughs> and hopefully be back soon with full health and actual feedback Pinky thank you thank you Pinky thank you Pinky, thank you, Pinky. and I see from Pinky's Facebook page she's going somewhere I absolutely love so the words are Iwa yes La no mm. and Shukran thank you <laughs> <laughs> and someone speak there Brighton no <laughs> 
good evening to you all from Andrew Scott in Leicestershire. Oh, hello, hello Andrew Scott, Scott in Leicestershire. Actually, he's in Leicester, but you know, yeah, I presume Leicester is in Leicestershire. It mm. is. Well, having Presumably. struggled through a wrinkling time, but mm. having loved oh. Ready Player One, yeah, I'm to beginning that. to think that I'm suffering from terminal nostalgia. Yeah. Possibly. I haven't seen either of them, mind you. Like Pinky, I haven't been to the cinema for ages. Ready Player One's quite good. Yeah. Having just watched the three episodes of the Netflix version Lost in Space, Ooh. this is now confirmed. All right. Aha. Which I am dying to look <laughs> look at. <laughs> just starting that. Having been addicted to the original series and yeah. disappointed with the mo- movie mm, version yeah. a few years back, yeah. I was not hopeful. More than a few years back now, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was even possible that I was determined not to enjoy oh. this pretender to the title. Oh. Oh, okay. But when a certain well-known line from <laughs> a robotic character who <laughs> shall remain nameless mm-hmm. I did that bit yeah. who is saving the day was uttered I was sold <laughs> <laughs> cancel my subscription to Cynics and Skeptics Weekly <laughs> I'll be watching this season just for the robot <laughs> okay. funny isn't how often the bloke in the rubber suit yep. or more recently in the motion capture suit steals your heart in these things <laughs> although Andy Circus has rightly gained <laughs> praise Blimey. for his work mm-hmm. I think Doug Jones for as Abe Sapien yep. Saru yep. and his recent character in The Shape of Water have all been noteworthy mm, yes enough rambling soon be infinity war time <laughs> will indeed yes hope whichever of you is ill at the moment gets <laughs> well soon yeah, okay <laughs> have, yeah. everyone's fine now aren't yeah. fine. it has been a winter where any group of friends take turns with the lurgy yeah. yeah regards andrew scott thank you. thank you andrew thank you andrew i got through the winter out and he yeah, yeah, you uh, yeah. I, ha- I have to admit i haven't been to the cinema i, I should but i Make use of my card, but yeah, there's so much been on and gone. I haven't seen Mm. Panther, Mm. yeah, I haven't seen Wrinkle in Time, Ready Player One, or anything. It's just like, sorry, when when, it was Christmas last week, wasn't it? (laughs) What is Wrinkle in Time? Yeah, it's on at the moment. Yeah, what is it? It's it's, Disney time travel, it's a teenage Mm, time travel thing. It's got Whoopi Goldberg in it, someone's father disappears, they've all told him he's died it turns out he's I don't know if it's a time traveller or imprisoned in another dimension and so it's something from they've recreated is it no I think I th- it's a book it's a series of books uh, it is a series of books okay, that they've okay. never heard of it okay. I shall dig out before we go dig out the trailer I've recently I've watched Isle of Dogs mm, right, yes. have you heard how he came up with the title of that because it went through my mind yeah. when I heard it because <laughs> no. I started thinking oh god I can guess where you got the title for that when he was over the person who wrote it or directed whilst he was over here in East London went past the sign for <laughs> the, the Isle of Dogs, of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just sparked the idea that mm. it was an island full of dogs mm. so I've watched recently I've watched Isle of Dogs Ghost Stories that's quite good yeah and Ready Player One yep mm. myself and Fake Crumbly went to see Pacific Rim 2 the other oh, week oh dear yes. Yes. that was very impressive oh actually. dear yes and um, she wants to go and see Peter Rabbit <laughs> not seen that yeah. oh we should have mentioned in the news for half half of the creators of Studio Ghibli passed away. Yes, yeah. half of them. Half yeah, because it was two guys. Oh, two guys. The plane go down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I saw the trailer for Ride of Dogs. Yeah, it's very anime, it, but it's li- not. Um, it's puppet uh, anima. No, not, stop, uh, yeah, stop it's stop motion, but it's got that. It is. It's not anime as in the more sci-fi anime, but it is definitely that Japanese style stop go motion. Probably wait till that one comes out. Said, all, all all the dogs speak English. Yeah. All the humans speak Japanese with subtitles. No. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> mm. Is there anything else on the cinema to recommend at the moment? Ghost story is definitely worth a watch. It's a ghost uh, story. I don't do ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> the person who stone it's, tape. <laughs> it's um, it's a, a ghost place. It's a ghost story in very much in the frame of the old Hammer House Amicus ghost oh, stories. Right. Yeah, little load of mini stories with a linking oh, character. Oh, this is the one that's done by the 
um, Jimmy Dyson. Of gentleman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jimmy yeah. Dyson. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's worth a watch. Quiet Place is very good. Emily Blunt. Yeah, we'll watch that one. Greece. No. <laughs> That's Greece. back for some reason. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the 40th years. anniversary. 40th anniversary. Oh, Karen's trying to talk me into going and seeing it. I think it. I spent an entire summer in the back row and I actually did see some of it as well. <laughs> I hated Greece. Oh. I hated Greece because Star Wars was doing the rounds and we only had yeah. the one screen at Crawley uh, and it kept Star Wars out. No, oh, see, no. we had the ABC showed Greece mm, and the Odeon showed Star Wars. No. So no. you could alternate it between no, Saturdays. No, it, it kept it out of Crawley no. for about three weeks. No, we had the two cinemas and I think they very sensibly agreed one will show one mm, and one yep. will show the other. And ten days we've got uh, Infinity Wars, I recall yes. this. Yeah. Yeah. 26th of uh, mm. April. In this country, that, that gives me a chance to watch one Marvel film a day before yeah. <laughs> Infinity. I've just realised if you leave any of that waffle in about the cinemas, there's going to be people out there go, "What do you mean there was one cinema? So why could it only show one film? Because it only there had wasn't one such one thing screen. as multiplexes back then. Not back in the seventies. Even Chris and when I was a child, had three screens. No, no, no. these were one in, screen. In, in yeah. 77, 78 it was one screen. One, one screen. screen. One screen. After that. Oh, it's not long, not long after that, but mm. it was during Star Wars. Greece kept Star yeah. Wars away from Crawley. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is it. I mean, because I used to go to the cinema in Streatham, and um, you had both the ABC and the Odeon. Yeah, yeah that's okay. what we had. You had ABC, Odeon, and if you were lucky, you also mm. had a Coronet, <laughs> because they tended to be one-screen cinemas. Mm. The split screens and multiplexes were starting to come in, yeah. but they were few and far between. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was before they had the... This was colour. Mm, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Jelly. And they had the sound. Might have had stereo if you're lucky. <laughs> no. Anyone see my taste? Funny enough, you say that. That was the crossover point because the Odeon had to get in the stereo equipment for the THX system that yeah. Lucas used Blimey. for Star Wars, whereas mm. Greece was in the ABC and mm. they weren't using the full stereo Ooh. surround sound. <laughs> Welcome to Crap Ancient Corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Now we've got 15 screens and mm, yeah. all manner of... Mm. And nothing gone. Yeah. <laughs> Wobbly chairs and gone as well. Don't get me started. You don't have a, ch- a, a, a B-movie and then an ice cream yeah. break and That's then the it. main feature... Mm. Or the old Pearl and Dean adverts. Please lead us out. Quickly! And so, dear listeners... Got to be S for stones. (laughs) That brings us to the end of another podcast. Thank God. (laughs) But never fear, in the next one there'll be more of the same, but less stones. (laughs) Maybe. More fun frivolity and jollity, more news and reviews, more who old and new. So until that stone-like... Saccharin. Sweet. Sweaty. Sulfurous. Slag. Comes slithering. Stickily. And salaciously. And sultrily. And slimily. (laughs) Towards us, this is me, Crumby, saying, be stoning you. Goodbye. Au revoir. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, Series 1, number 287, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Gene Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this is an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Where's my tea? Doctor Who, uh, October, isn't it? I thought it was going to be um, early this year. No. I thought, yeah, I thought they were aiming for a pre-Christmas. Well, well October isn't before Christmas, what do you mean? Sorry, not pre-Christmas, <laughs> um, pre-summer. Oh, no. No, we were hoping for uh, late August, early September, as they've done before, but no, it's going to be pushed back. Sorry, it'll finish just before Christmas. It was a June, July job. No, apparently not. They like having their big gaps. They do, they do indeed. Get the need back out there. It's easier than trying to write for, for 48 weeks of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, who must was wonderful, but it must have taken a lot of hmm. um, manpowers for writing and that kind of stuff. Yeah, which explains why so. <laughs> some, some of some it is not... Uh, it wasn't the time to, to do much rewriting. Did you go wee? I went wee, 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 w
Will you stop that? She's done nothing. <laughs> so I have to turn the volume down. It keeps pinging. Ah, uh, ba 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 ba.